0: Is it recording on y'all's side?
1: It looks like it stopped at the number one on mine, like on the countdown.
0: Yep, nope, that's exactly where it is. Oh, hey, look, I think we're recording now.
1: (laughs) It looks like that, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: No fucking clue. Okay. All right, Jaston, I need you to sing me a song about somebody meeting their clone's clone.
2: Uh... (laughs) um uh it takes two baby it takes two baby two <laughs> will smiths it just takes two
1: <laughs> that's probably the best you could do with that specific scenario <laughs> either that or the whole um what is it like one of these is not like the other <laughs> that's the only uh,
2: way i can think of yeah that would have been
0: all right, I'll, maybe I'll give you an easier one now, okay? Sing me a song that reminds you of a movie that is as bland as stereotypical white people potato salad.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> it takes
2: two, baby. <laughs> maybe, <yeah. laughs> Basically, right? The same one.
1: Just that song for all scenarios. Yep.
2: I mean, yeah, pretty much. If there was, I, a, song about, like if there was a mayonnaise song, I would sing it, you know, but... Is there a mayonnaise song? A song about mayo? No. Just sing a I boring mean, right.
1: song. Just a song that's really
0: boring. All right. All right. Let me try one more. Sing me a song about how bland stereotypical British food is.
1: <laughs> that's an easier one?
0: Oh, my.
2: Yeah, that's easier? Wow. I mean. I'm, I'm sorry, man. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that was.
1: <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Though. I don't think
0: that was a British accent. <laughs>
1: As close as you're going to get. I'm not going to lie, though. I kind of thought you were going to sing the just the two of us song by Will Smith because that would have been a little bit appropriate.
2: Oh, it kind of would have, huh? I I didn't even think about that. That didn't even cross my mind, man. And I should have. All
0: right, all right, all right. One last one. Maybe we can get with this one. All right, Jastin, sing me a song that reminds you of the feeling of uncomfortableness of essentially Will Smith calling Clive Owen daddy. (laughs)
1: oh my god please just do something really out of nowhere for this because that would be amazing
2: oh god will smith calling clive over daddy oh my god
0: i mean i don't know maybe you guys weren't as uncomfortable during those scenes (laughs) as i was but it was just really weird (laughs) i'm Uh, trying to think
1: of the right song for that though that's
0: the thing i mean i never thought i would have problems with people calling clive oh and daddy after seeing Closer. Right. Because I wanted to call Clive-O and Daddy after watching Closer.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we'll have to get into that because I have some issues with that whole thing. Yeah.
0: But when Will Smith is like, I don't know, Dad, I'm just like,
2: (laughs) it was gross.
1: It was definitely a thing. Yeah, I want to know what song you would do for that, Justin. Like I genuinely need to know what song you would pick for that.
2: Man, that shit was unforgivable. <laughs> what, what I felt, what I've known, never shine through what I've shown, never see, never make, cause I do the unforgivable. Oh, whoa, whoa.
0: Yeah, and no, on that fucking illustration. <laughs> Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. It is the normal Cinema Slayers crew here today with Heather Justin, and I Sterling. Oh, that sounded fucking dumb. Keeping all that in, but man, it sounded <laughs> dumb. Anyway, it's not any worse than this fucking movie. We are here to talk about Gemini Man. If you could not tell about all our Will Smith, Clive Owen, and Twin Talk, or Clone Talk, whatever fucking talk, uh, from the beginning of this episode. Um, we will talk about what we liked, didn't like, and everything in between when it comes to the uh, apparently Ang Lee film, Gemini Man. Heather, what did you like about Gemini Man?
1: <laughs> I was kind of hoping you wouldn't pick me first because I'm totally going to be judged for this. But I did not completely hate this movie. (laughs) I'm going to be honest. Like, I'm not going to say it was the best movie that I've ever seen, but I didn't hate it. If I'm being honest, I probably was more entertained by this movie than I was by the Joker. Um, Maybe that's saying a lot. But um, the things I liked about this movie, I would say, as it usually is for me, I really enjoyed the performance of Will Smith. Um, I just think that it's really hard to have him do a bad performance. Like he might be in a bad movie, but him doing a bad performance is not something I think I've ever seen really. And it just, even in this, there were some moments when He had to have like some really, um, like really profound moments where he was trying to just like reconcile and just kind of log away what it felt like to see a younger version of himself or even the younger version of him seeing the older version of himself. And I just feel like his, his reactions to it and just the tone of how he, how he felt about it in general was, uh, pretty well done. Um, it's, this film is interesting in a lot of ways like they they did a like the story of what this movie was i actually um enjoyed like when when the movie was progressing i just i do remember thinking you know this movie is i mean the story of it's not bad like i'm I'm tracking it it's not boring and those are the things i enjoyed about it and there was a lot of action in this film which i thought was really good um but yeah, I mean mostly I do think that Will Smith being kind of like a double Will Smith in this is kind of the most intriguing part of what this movie was. Clive Owen is also from what I've seen in other movies, he's a really good actor too. Um so I think that it was a it was an interesting choice to put him as the the mastermind behind why Will Smith is cloned and made into this. Um Apparently, multiple versions of himself to just be the best, the best that there is at what he does. So it was, it was interesting and a little bit of just not confusion, but just more like why, like what was the point of this <laughs> it was a lot of what I saw but for the, since we're talking about the positive of it, I would say definitely Will Smith just kind of, the the scenes when he is talking to the younger version of himself and he's really trying to um, relate to him and trying to get through to him on like hey, I'm the older version of you, I know how this goes, I know what you're like and I just know that you need to make a change because this isn't the life that you want. Those scenes I really feel we're very vulnerable and very good, and I think um, particularly Will Smith is very good at doing those types of scenes. Uh, he's he's just very good at being believable when he's either upset or confused or angry. He's very good at showing a range of several emotions in a very short time frame, in which I feel like he did that with this too. Um, I'm a huge Will Smith fan; like he's been one of my favorites since I saw him in Fresh Prince and Independence Day so I have no complaints about his specific performance in this I think it well mostly there were definitely some issues towards the end but uh, for the most part the, the scenes when it was about what really mattered in the film which was him uh, connecting with the younger version of himself and trying to get him to say hey you need to make it a, a different choice than what I made as the older me those scenes were really, really great. Um, The action scenes, him doing the whole, you know, being the best fighter there is, being the best killer there is, those were really good too. But I do have to, um, I have to give a shout out to, um, oh, what is the girl's name? The girl that was in this movie. Um,
0: Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yes.
1: I really, really liked her in this film. And she was almost as intriguing in this movie as Will Smith was, just because I think that, also, she was she was very subtle in how she did her performance, and I I really enjoyed that. Like she didn't try too hard. She wasn't. You don't feel like she was trying to be this character uh, that you know they didn't want her to be. Like she was really just very believable and very um, very aloof in a way. Like you didn't really know much about her, but you did get to see a vulnerable side of her too. And just like her dynamic with will smith's character i think was really great and i think it was a very important part of what this movie was because i think that she was a character that allowed him to open up more and be more vulnerable to understanding what the situation was that was happening when they he found out that he was being cloned so um I I thought that she was a very important character, but I thought that she played her character very well because she wasn't over the top and I'm a fan of characters who are essential but just are very subtle in how they do certain things. And I think that she was um, pretty subtle in what her role was supposed to be in this film. So I really liked that. Clive Owen, um, there were... The weird thing about him is he was hit or miss. Like there were some scenes where I was like, yeah, he really did that scene and executed it well. But there were also some scenes where I was like, okay, what? (laughs) So he was very kind of all over the map for me in this particular film. But definitely, I enjoyed Will Smith and um, the girl in it. I forget her name again. But um, she, yeah, they were just both really, they played off each other very well. I think the storyline as a whole was really good. I think that it was... Um, intriguing, at least for me, it was intriguing enough for me to be like, okay, I want to know what's going to happen with this. I want to know the reason behind it. I want to know how they get to the conclusion of it. I, it was just a very, I think it was well paced how they told the story. And it wasn't um, until I would say until the very end, it wasn't really very like, um, this makes no sense. Like, I feel like it kind of whatever happened, sort of, um, ricocheted off to what the next thing happened was so I think that was done very well too so um, that's mostly what I like about it I like the story that they were telling and I like how Will Smith specifically uh, portrayed the character um, I think the scenery was beautiful And, um, the action scenes were very, um, what they tried to do was it wasn't necessarily anything new, but it did definitely keep me intrigued when they did some of the scenes, like the motorcycle chase scene was pretty interesting to me, but, um, Yeah. So for me, that's, that's all I'm going to say on my likes for this one.
0: Justin, your turn.
2: Okay. So Gemini man to Will Smith. Well, um, well, one thing I can definitely say about this movie is that it, uh, and kind of just in spirit of what Heather was saying is that this film is well casted. I mean, when I look it just, even if you just looked at even if you hadn't seen the film yet And you just looked at who was in it. I mean, these are all actors and actresses that I like. I mean, Benedict Wong, who doesn't know him from the Marvel movies and uh, from Dr. Strange and everything like that. I I love him in those movies. He's great. He was great alongside Benedict Cumberbatch and everything like that in the Marvel movies. And he was always funny. He was, he was, he played a perfectly acceptable sidekick in those movies and You know, I thought he was good here, too. And the scenes that he got, he was always funny with Will Smith or Mary Elizabeth Winstead. He was always good with them. He always had a good rapport with them, I thought, throughout the movie. So these are likable people. And Clive Owen, man, I I like Clive Owen, too. Just like Kevin said, I think that he is a very good actor. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about movies like Children of Men and Closer and stuff like that. Like he's been in a lot of movies that I really, really like and has had some strong performances. And Mary Elizabeth Winstead, the, the first movie I remember with her or the or the I think I want to say the first movie I saw her in or at least recognize her from is um Scott Pilgrim versus the World and she was Mary Flowers in that which is kind of like a, a that's kind of one of those iconic kind of nerdy geeky performances like but but you know she was alongside um the Scott Pilgrim character in that, but she was really good in that. That's a memorable role that a lot of people remember her from. So the immediately when I saw her, I went, oh, you know, Mary Flowers is in this. And, and yeah, I think uh, Heather was right about that. I think that out of everybody in this movie, besides Will Smith, who is asked to do the most in this film, I thought that she was somebody that I liked. Like, I really liked her. I thought that her performance was, was good. And she was kind of intriguing. And I, I just, she was very likable in this film. So the, so that is one thing that I walked away from. And that's the thing about all these people. And of course, Will Smith is one of the most likable, most respected people in Hollywood. You, you know, he's, I mean, he's done so many films by now. He's got such a great reputation And, you know, he's been nominated uh, several times and, you, you know, Will Smith is pretty much as a guy who's done it all. He's the veteran actor in this. And, you know, these are all people that I'm a fan of. And I like. So th- th- and and these actors and actresses allowed me to kind of stick with this through the end. Their performances are, aren't really what I didn't like about this film. And of course, we'll get into dislikes here in a minute. But everybody's performances, I thought, were respectable. They all tried to bring some some nuances to these roles. They all were good on screen together. Uh, like Heather was saying, Mary Louise and Will Smith, I thought that they did have good chemistry um, in this film. I liked a lot of their scenes. I loved towards the beginning, the scenes where Will has kind of got her figured out as an agent who's there to kind of track him and everything. And there's some banner back and forth between them. And then um, and then eventually he does figure it out. And every time they had a conversation or something with each other, I laughed or I chuckled, you know, nothing about that. Honestly, that's when the movie was at its best is when you were just having Will Smith sitting down with Mary Louise or Benedict Wong and all three of them just kind of talking and getting to do scenes and act together. Those were, in my opinion, the best scenes of the movie. Um, other than that, uh, just to talk a little bit about some of the special effects. Now there were definitely times where, uh, it was a little suspect and we'll get into some of that here in a minute, but there were times when I thought the CGI and some of the graphics were respectable. Some of the work, um, that, that was done to make Will Smith look younger and things like that. He did look pretty good in some of the scenes. Now, there were some contrasted to that, not so good. But there were scenes where I was like, man, they did a really good job on that. There are some scenes where I thought that the special effects were definitely on display in this movie, and it did really add something to the action sequences and things like that. So there were some times where I did appreciate the the CGI and the cinematography. There was one scene where they were fighting kind of like in this underground, I want to say almost like sewage, kind of sewage tunnel system. They were underground, and there was water, and there were skulls everywhere, and there was a fight with... Will Smith and the younger clone of Will Smith. And I thought that that was a well-shot scene. I thought that that was probably one of, uh, visually, I thought that that was probably one of the better scenes of the movie. So overall, I think that's going to wrap it up for me. Definitely the 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 cast and the acting performances that they had with each other and as well as some of the special effects I thought were intriguing in this film.
0: Okay, I feel bad for Mary Elizabeth Winstead because neither one of you get her name right. I mean, you've got Heather saying, I don't remember her, and <laughs> Justin calling her I'm Mary dying. Louise. I Mary Louise?
2: She's super talented. <laughs> <Winstead>. She's
0: <laughs> super talented. And it's, and it's Ramona Flowers. It's uh, Ramona Mary Flowers. Flower. Mary oh, my Flowers. She's, Ramona super, Flowers.
2: Talented. Sorry, She's
1: super talented. She's super talented. So bad. sorry about that.
2: Yes, Ramona Flowers, man. Sorry. Sorry, Cinefans. It's been a while since I've seen Scott Pilgrim.
0: but yes it's mary elizabeth winstead i genuinely do like her so you won't have as many problems with me and her name because i do like her unlike these fake ass wannabe fans of her listen it's Um, just because
1: she has a three-person name which happens with a lot of people these days so i just feel like i'm gonna mix it up if i try to say it and then i accidentally say someone else but she's good and i did love her in uh 10 cloverfield lane whatever that movie is she was really good in that too i she's very talented so sorry about that
2: Yes, she was good in that. Yeah, I totally agree. She was good in that film too. Yes. But I mean,
0: it's, I mean, it's, it's just, it's Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I know her from sky high because she was the bad guy in that. She was the technopath that seduces a young, you know, hero son guy. Um, I don't remember his name, but I know her. Um, she's really attractive. It's going to stick in my mind forever, but she was also in live free and die hard as Bruce Willis's daughter.
1: Oh yeah,
0: the one that timothy oliphant's character kidnaps uh she was all you know tin cloverfield lane um she was also in death proof as the cheerleader that they give away for the car um no she's great i love her like i said unlike these fake people here um
1: like you've never gotten I mean, I'm, someone's I'm gonna, name
0: wrong. Come on. Nope, never, especially not Mary Elizabeth Winstead, because she's fantastic. Um, but I mean, I'm unfortunately I'm just going to end up parroting you guys a little bit. Um, the performances were good. Uh, I did like the performances. Uh, like I said, I always love me some Mary Elizabeth Winstead notice i'm still not fucking up her name because i got it um i she was fantastic as always i mean will smith was good you know they did he did young and old will smith cry face and he's got a very good cry true
1: story yeah for sure
0: so they did a good job of uh capturing both uh that and both versions of him um benedict wong uh, it's fantastic as always, you know. Uh, Clive Owen is sexy and sinister at the same time, which he's good at. Uh, mm-hmm. So I liked that. Um, also, shout on a uh, shout out to him for um, also Sin City to mention another oh, movie yeah. of his yes. that Justin didn't mention. Yes. He's fantastic in that movie as Dwight. Oh um, yeah, yeah, just fantastic. Uh, and a very underrated movie of his also Shoot 'Em Up. It's a really good movie. I mean, it's just campy over the top violence but it's fucking fun um well yes all these people would knock it all out of the park and they 100 percent bring their a game the entire time and also justin where they were fighting wasn't the sewers it was the catacombs so okay that's Ooh. why the dead bodies everywhere um but yeah i i'm very much with you on that justin with uh them um like the beginning scenes uh, of this movie were very good uh at least especially the ones with like between uh, will smith and mary elizabeth winstead and you know them and then benedict wong you know all those scenes were good uh, i liked their banter i liked the the flow they had going during those scenes um i like the fact that mary elizabeth winstead they didn't make her over the top i can do anything or just i'm helpless and can't do a damn thing she just seemed like a very capable yeah just
1: adaptable
0: and i liked that yeah yeah she just she looked like somebody that was just she was in a situation that was kind of over her head but everybody kind of was you know what i mean um but she just seemed like a very capable person uh and i enjoyed that i thought that was a very good way of portraying her character um and then uh i'm gonna pivot because you know what time it is. Uh, This movie's bland as fuck. Like, this movie is just bland. Heather mentioned words like entertaining and good and stuff like that, and I kind of feel like she saw a different (laughs) movie than me that just happened to have all the same actors, because it was bland. It was boring. I did not like a single one of those fight scenes. I thought I had seen better versions of them in just any other movie. I'll argue that the motorcycle scenes are better in uh, Torque or Mission Impossible 2. Oh, um, I'll, I'll say the motorcycle fight scenes are better. Um, I'll say that there's, there's a better train sequence in um, the first Mission Impossible, because there is, no doubt about it. Way better train sequence than the beginning of this movie. Um, and whenever I was talking about it, everybody showed up. To this movie everybody did their job i intentionally left somebody out this is a very important person in this in in, in making a movie and that'd be the director because ang lee didn't show the fuck <laughs> up this was the most nondescript non Lee movie you could ever watch and it wasn't like he's like oh i'm gonna you know change how i do things keep people on their toes no this was just a bland as fuck anybody else could have directed this movie version of shit but they have ang lee's name on it i honestly don't think he directed this movie i think his five-year-old nephew that's also named ang lee directed this movie because i don't think he did because nothing about this movie is ang lee-esque there wasn't a single shot in this movie that was beautiful not a single fucking one they were just standard ass fucking shots like if you read a book that was just like hey how do you make generic ass movie shots this movie followed that book because that's all this movie was and i know justin mentioned that the special effects were good at times um Because I think when they did young Will Smith, I think those scenes only worked when they did close-ups. Anytime, anytime they did anything from more than six feet away, it looked like shit. And you could also tell that they didn't have a lot of confidence in some of the stuff they were doing with it because there was a lot of times they intentionally blurred the fuck out of those characters and put them the focus on something more obscure in the foreground so that they could have just two motherfuckers on the screen and you not tell what's what so they wouldn't have to do the CGI. One of those times in particular was the scene in the catacombs whenever they kind of fight a little bit and young uh, Will Smith's character is knocked into the, the pile of bones and he's like, you know, old Will Smith's like yelling at him and telling him things and then he gets up from the pile of bones. They intentionally like go over to like a wall and, and kind of focus on the skull there so that when the characters are getting up from like the pile of bones it's blurred just so they could have two motherfuckers doing it instead of actually seeing the normal and de-aged will smith doing those scenes they do that a few times in some of the fight scenes and stuff like that they do a lot of the quick cuts with stuff like that also so that they don't have to actually do those animated um it's just very obvious and 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 like i said when it's bad oh it's fucking bad it's Like, fucking PlayStation 2 bad sometimes. Like, straight up motherfucker looks like he's a fucking Barbie doll that they happen to fucking, like, make rubbery. He doesn't look like a person at all. And if a person did look like that, I would be worried by the amount of Botox that they obviously just had injected into them it'd have to be the most unhealthy and arguably dangerous and life-threatening amount of Botox in the world to actually look like they did with some of that stuff and that's whenever they were even trying to hide it by putting a fucking hat and sunglasses on him and it still looked bad like it's just and then whenever and whenever they bring in you know (laughs) Will Smith Jr. Jr. at the end And they have him in that fancy suit and all that other shit. And he's doing all these flips and all this other stuff. It could have been somebody in a suit doing that shit. But the way that they obviously touched it up with CGI made that look fake too. It didn't make it look like a real person was doing some of that shit. I mean, a lot of the scenes whenever they were doing some of that stuff reminded me a lot of in Blade 2 when at the very beginning of the movie Blade is fighting uh the princess vampire and her like bodyguard person in front of that wall of lights and it mm. looks like a very weird stick man fight because of how rubbery everybody was. That's exactly what these scenes looked like. That fucking movie came out in like 2002. This is like 15 years years later the cgi should be better guys this movie would have been fantastic like eight years ago but unfortunately we've already seen better de-aging in marvel films already i mean you had a completely de-aged samuel jackson for an entire movie yeah and it looked fantastic some of the earlier ones weren't as good some of the early ones looked a little iffy like when they did some de-aged uh I'll argue de-aged Tony Stark in Civil War looked a little wonky a little bit. Uh, De-aged Michael Douglas looked a little bit weird. Just a little bit from Ant-Man. But they definitely hit their stride, you know. Especially, like I said, by the time it came to Captain Marvel and you've got Samuel Jackson running around, de-aged the entire movie, and it's almost seamless. I can't really remember a time watching that movie going, oh, that was some CGI on that. They did a smooth fucking job on that movie. And then we get this shit, which at times looks good, and then other times looks like shit from 15 years ago. Like, what the fuck is that? I mean, this is 2019. What are they doing with their lives? Like, it really felt like they blew all their budget on all that shit very early on. And they went, dude, we still have fight scenes to fucking animate. And they went, nah, bro, it's cool. We'll just open up this program from 2002 and it'll just animate itself. Nobody will notice. That's what they did in this movie. And just on top of that, like I said, the entire plot and story and everything of this movie is monumentally boring. I felt bad that I took a nap before I went and saw this movie because all I wanted to do this entire movie was go to sleep but I was wide-eyed and refreshed from a nap, so I couldn't fucking fall asleep. At one point, I was seriously contemplating playing games on my phone because I was so goddamn bored, but I didn't want to be that asshole in the movie theater playing games on my phone. So instead, I sat there and watched this movie and just thought about how much more fun it would be to play games on my phone at that moment instead of actually watching this movie, but I did. I stuck it out and at no point did this movie actually ever reward me for it because once again this movie has to have like 27 fucking endings that don't fucking matter like they had the one where he was at school that's cool that's nice all that other shit but like then they had to have like a fucking playful banter for another like 27 minutes and it's like god when the fuck is this going to end and like right before that they do an ending that's just like oh uh oh i'm going to go talk to this guy that essentially sold me out but i still don't want him to be an alcoholic even though he sold me out okay that's cool i didn't give a fuck about that character no one else did no one gave a fuck about that character no one how no one has mentioned how they liked that character cuz no one gave a fuck why did we have to have an ending with that asshole <laughs> No one cared except Ang Lee. Apparently that was Ang Lee's favorite fucking character in that movie because for whatever reason, he devoted more time to that than, I don't know, developing a narrative and or interesting cinematography. Like I want to be mad about this movie. I really do. I want to be mad about it. But I feel ultimately after I come out of this movie, I have the same emotional spectrum towards this movie that Ang Lee did, which is complete fuck all. I don't care. (laughs) i think i'm done i could be i could not be wow i'll probably think of some more shit i don't know justin go
2: (laughs) wow okay and um man i just it's hard to even say ang lee directed this when you just look at the track record and some of the films that this guy has directed it's very hard to imagine that he directed something like this with this kind of a story because when you look at ang lee's filmography and some of the things he's directed crouch and tiger hidden dragon broke back mountain the life of pi i mean these are all like treasures like some of these films like crouch and tiger hidden dragon is a treasure that That is one of the greatest martial arts movies ever made. And like The Life of Pi was just so visually splendid. It was just so amazing to look at and just had a wonderful story to boot. And even though it was based on a book, you know, a lot is lost from that translation from a book to a movie I mean, even people who have read the books I talked to, they say, man, it really captured the essence of that book. So Ang Lee is just somebody who's done a lot of great movies. Um, And I don't know if I said this, but but uh, and then Brokeback Mountain. I mean, another great, great film. I mean, like these are movies that you just these are movies that you remember. And like I said to a lot of people, these are like treasures, whether you're talking about critics or just people in general who saw them. So when you think about his body of work. And then you think about this. I mean, I guess this is just one of those movies. I guess everybody just has a bad day. Everybody can slip up. Not every shot that the, that, that Michael Jordan takes is going to go into the hole, right? Like there's going to be some where he's going to shoot and he's going to brick sometimes. Maybe even every now and then. I don't know. I don't remember ever seeing one, but I'm sure that there was a time where Michael Jordan shot the basketball and there was an air ball and. This, this is Ang airball, man. The, the, this is the, 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 this is his shot that just did not go in. And I mean, a lot of what Sterling says, I, I can definitely resonate. I, I can't say that I was ever bored or just completely uninterested in the film. I mean, I stuck with it throughout, but I mean, but, but, but I can definitely heart the sentiment that nothing happens that you don't already know is going to happen. I mean, if I just give you the the basic outline of the storyline, you've seen it all before. An assassin with a heart of gold, um, an unlikely relationship strikes with a female counterpart, and then there's a funny sidekick they go on this mission to try to figure out uh w- what's going on with this um with this clone business they come to find out there is an evil man who has this plot to clone people because to to clone people in this in this case our main character because he wants all of the skills that that character possesses but he doesn't want the emotional problems he doesn't want the person to be emotional because he's basically, he's trying to produce the perfect soldiers to do all of these government missions. And of course, kill all of the evil people. And if you have a perfect soldier with, with a great set of skills, but none of the emotional baggage, then you have the perfect soldier. So we've got our assassin with the heart of gold. we got the, the, you know, the uh, female counterpart. We've got a, a funny sidekick. And then we've got the man trying to create the perfect soldier. I mean, you could probably name countless movies with that same plot. And I'm not saying that a movie always has to have a different plot. But if you're going to give me that, If that's the movie you're going to have, then you damn well better bring it when it comes to the content. Your action scenes have to be out of this world. The story has to be something that has some nuances in it or some or is trying to say something different or it it's it's got to have if you if that's the story you're gonna give me, if that's the basic outline, then everything, then everything else has to be on point. And with the director like Ang Lee, with the track record he has, with the quality of movie he has, he has with this cast that, that that we all just told you, like all of us just told you, we like these people. These are likable people and they nail their dialogue. They nail their acting roles. We just told you that. So this had the ingredients. It had the ingredients. You have the right director. You have the right actors and actresses to really Take this basic-ass outline and really do something with it. And unfortunately, it just seemed like the last concern for anybody that wrote this, and I heard that this went through several different writers. I have to confirm that because I heard that this was a, a script, that a story that bounced around Hollywood for a while, and I even think that maybe three or more different writers are credited on this film. So... So maybe that is also has something to do with just the lack of consistency. But as far as the plot, man, even with that basic ass plot, there was just so much to be desired as far as the story is concerned. I don't think that this script really allowed you to care about any of the characters because I just don't think hardly any of that emotional gravitas was there that the scenes needed and the plot is just so nonsensical that I, it was just so hard for me to suspend my disbelief. Like th- there were just so many things happening that just I just didn't understand. And, and I, I and and just to give an example, the Clive Owen character, the the the, the evil cloner slash father, evil man. I just really. Did not understand this character at all because one minute we're saying, okay, well, he cloned this version of Will Smith and he has this younger Will Smith because he wanted this Will Smith to have all of these skills, but he didn't want him to be emotional. He was supposed to be this perfect soldier and he didn't want him to be emotional, but it was obvious that from the interactions that he had with this young Will Smith, the things he was telling him about his upbringing, your your parents abandoned you and left you on a on some church steps or whatever the the story was. Your parents abandoned you like these kinds of things that he's telling this young Will Smith are obviously going to bring about an emotional response. And obviously they have this rapport back and forth with each other to where this Will Smith, this younger Will Smith junior we'll call him like Sterling did, had all of these emotions. So the fact that he thought he was creating something devoid of emotions is beyond me when the film never really showed this Will Smith Jr. to be devoid of emotions. I mean, the one of the first times he meets up with the older Will Smith, The older Will Smith just goes down a laundry list of relatable emotions that he knew Will Smith Jr. was feeling. And the way that it was acted by both Will Smiths, that's weird to say. It was obvious that the old Will Smith was reading the young Will Smith like a book. And he understood exactly what he was going through. And everything like that, which not even to mention that a lot of those emotions that he was naming off are things that would happen to you due to upbringing and different traumas in your life and stuff like that. And the fact that this young Will Smith had a completely different upbringing Would make them two different people like there's no freaking way you can get me to believe that they would be feeling the same things at all, given that their upbringings were the clones upbringing was completely different. Oh, Will Smith had a mob. He had some of these things that this clone didn't have. So even this idea that their emotions and upbringing would be the same is just nonsensical. So anytime they try to correlate those emotions, I just didn't buy it. And, and back to the Clive Owen character, he's like, Oh, I care about this young Will Smith as a like, like a father, but yet I want him to be this soldier with no emotions. And then as you go through the movie, He's putting his son right in all of these dangerous situations. And one time he was like, hurry up and get out of the, uh, the, the, the vehicle. And then all of a sudden a missile is shot at this vehicle and it explodes or whatever. And I'm like, well, I thought you cared about him. I thought you cared about him like a son. You could have killed him right there. So his actions were just never consistent. Then we get further down to the end of the movie and I find out that there's a third one there's a third Will Smith that you could have sent on this mission the entire time and not endangered this other Will Smith that you said that you cared for like a son. So I just totally didn't buy that, man. And then when you finally discover this third Will Smith and our old Will Smith is like, hey, man, uh, who is this? He's like, oh, he's, You you know, he was just the perfect soldier, you know, that he's mindless or he's emotionless. And I'm like, oh, okay so what? Like, I just didn't understand what this character was trying to do. He had one that he cared for like a son. He had one that was his perfect soldier. Why not send that one? Why wait to the end of the movie to send that third one? So I just did not understand that character at all. It just gives me a headache trying to think about what his motivations were. And I think that's a microcosm for this film. It was just so wild. Everything was wildly inconsistent. Um, Some of the CGI, like Sterling talked about, wildly inconsistent. There were parts in the action scenes where people just seemed like rubber band men. The like, hands are just wavering and feet are just kind of moving in ways that you could just tell it just looked bad. And that scene that Sterling alluded to earlier, where the... Young Will Smith, the Will Smith Jr. is basically using this motorcycle like it's a bat or like it's a weapon. And he's like hitting the older Will Smith with the bike. I mean, that just looked freaking awful. Like, like, like it just totally took me out of the moment, even though the chase had some interesting scenes when it got to that, and he's bite, you know, he's bike. <laughs> battling with old Will Smith, it was just so nonsensical and just stupid-looking. Like I just couldn't help but kind of chuckle at it, a- and like, and I think that that is just the biggest thing I can say about this film. Everything was wildly inconsistent, and it seemed like a lot of attention was paid to the beginning and setting this up, and the special effects with the CGI and stuff like that. So much attention was paid to that. I mean, I just don't know if any was paid to the story or maybe that's the problem that you have when you have so many writers trying to rewrite and do a story like this is you just spot all types of narrative inconsistencies and character behaviors that are just wildly inconsistent. So it just took me out of the movie, man. And then the next thing I knew, I was just kind of sitting there waiting for this movie to end. And because these these are a bunch of likable people, I was able to get through this. But, man, any time I wanted to like a scene, something narrative wise would happen that would just make me sigh or just shake my head or go, what the hell? And I'm asking, And it's one of those films where I'm just sitting there asking questions but they're not good questions. Like why the hell did this happen? Why did that character do that? Why are we doing this right now? Why did he send him there if he cared about him? Why is there a third one? And why didn't you send that one from the get-go? So yeah, uh, definitely the biggest word that I can come up with is just inconsistent. And that really, to me, defines this film.
0: That does remind me of something, though. Like, this movie had a really great opportunity to do something very interesting with the whole nature versus nurture argument of what parts of Will Smith and his clone are genetic abilities versus what parts of it are their upbringing. Like, what makes them different? And, like, ultimately, this movie just goes, man, they're the same, I guess. Maybe. Mm, who knows? Like, it was on the border. It had the opportunity, it presented itself originally, like towards the beginning of the movie, it kind of presents itself. Like that might be part of the overarching uh, narrative in this movie. Like something very interesting and deep that you wouldn't expect in something like this. Something you would absolutely expect from Ang Lee. And then just blah. Yeah, I don't like that. Heather your turn what do you not like about this movie
1: yeah i think the word inconsistent is probably the most accurate way to describe it because as much as i say like i didn't hate this movie i'm by no means saying that this is a perfect movie at all um the cgi specifically really did bother me like and i know that you were saying that um some of the close-ups were the better shots of that and everything but even still, your your talk about how it was a, a he looked like a like a Ken doll or just kind of like a like a doll of some kind. It really kind of showed a little bit more, especially towards the end, like when he's away at college and then the two of them are having that conversation. It just really showed a lot more how very not realistic he looked as the younger version of himself, at least in my opinion. Um, so yeah, I would just say the CGI mostly is the inconsistent part of this movie because there are some scenes where you're like that really does look like a younger version of him and it looks like it's a legitimate like actual person (laughs) like it's crazy but then there are other scenes when I'm like yeah that just looks really weird to me so I definitely agree especially when it comes to the CGI that the that it's just inconsistent in how well it's done Um, and it is interesting that you say that it's a very bland movie because when I think about it I mean it's definitely not a movie where anything that they've done is not something that you've probably seen done better in a different movie but for me I just really enjoy the action type movies and the fact that it moved along like it didn't really linger in in parts that it didn't need to and I feel like a lot of movies especially this past summer they've had a lot of movies where they just linger a lot and they they linger in parts where it doesn't develop the story at all. And I appreciated the fact that this movie did actually move along the pace of the story um, decently well, at least in my opinion. But um, yeah, even the acting performances were just really weirdly inconsistent like with Clive Owen like he's as a whole like he really is a really good actor and very intriguing to watch but there was one scene particularly that I was just like that's weird was when um when younger Will Smith when Junior when he confronts Clive Owen's character and basically lets him know like yeah i know that i was a clone of this other person and his reaction to that was very oddly nonchalant which i thought was a very strange thing considering what the story is supposed to be about um you know he just kind of made known like that he he knew that he was a clone of this guy and clive owen was just kind of like oh Okay. Well, yeah. Like he didn't even like do the whole thing of what are you talking about? I don't know what you mean. You're my son. You've always been my son. Like he didn't even do that whole like heartfelt appeal to him to try and convince him that that wasn't true, which I sort of expected with the way that they kind of drew this character out to be that he was going to do something like that to convince him like no he doesn't know you better than I do I know you better than anybody you know he has no idea what he's talking about and you know you were you're a real person you're my son you always have been and they didn't even really do that appeal about it which I think would have made the movie a little bit better so it was just weird to me that he was just like oh oh that yeah okay Like, that was kind of like his reaction that he had when Junior finally confronted him, saying, like, I know what you've done. And just the whole buildup of what this movie is about, I just expected a bigger reaction to finding that out than it actually gave me. So that was odd to me. And um, just the whole concept of him seemingly not knowing that he was sent to kill the older version of himself like he was just I understand that like a younger version of him was supposed to be a very hard-headed stubborn person but I'm like when he's legitimately like reading off to you all of your inner thoughts and you're still doubting like it just kind of it made it seem like they were forcing that aspect of it more than they needed to and they were also forcing the whole father-son relationship a little bit more than they needed to so um, yeah inconsistent is Definitely for me, I feel like the best word for what this movie was in a lot of parts of it. Um, so, yeah, those are definitely the main things I didn't really care for about it. It it was really good for the first part of it, and then it lost me about maybe a half hour before it ended. Like, pretty much right up to the point where Junior decided that he wanted to be allies with the older version of himself. Like, after he did the whole, let me shoot, B." poison into you or whatever it was like right up to that point is when it really just kind of lost me because I feel like it went all over the map with what it did after that um yeah I just I feel like the the ending and how they did that it didn't match the tone of it didn't really match with what they were trying to do at the beginning of the film and they made it sort of more of a um almost fan service honestly type of way that they they ended it and just kind of being like the let's see the funny goofy Will Smith side interacting with the younger version of himself also being funny goofy and it wasn't like it wasn't a charming thing because Will Smith is a naturally charming person but it just felt like they really tried to force that father-son relationship there too where it was like oh he's a clone of his younger self but obviously they can't be you know they it felt like they they thought they couldn't make them anything but a father and son relationship at that point which i think actually made it more weird that they did that aspect with it so that that's where they sort of lost me in this movie is definitely towards the end of it um but i don't know and i i can't really uh like point out specifically why i was like yeah this was it wasn't like a particularly good movie of it did anything better than anything else but i guess maybe just the way that they paced it and the fact that like i mean this movie probably wouldn't have been nearly as good if they hadn't had the cast that they had in this movie but i think that that cast really did kind of elevate this movie above what the story specifically was but for me cuz i feel like it for whatever reason it sort of reminded me a little bit of that um, sort of like born identity sort of feel to it of what they were trying to do with it. Not the same storylines, uh, particularly, but just the, the feel of it kind of gave me that vibe. And I really enjoy those types of movies. And so maybe that's why I might have enjoyed it a little bit more than you guys did. But I mean, there were definitely just a lot of a lot of inconsistencies and a lot of just areas where you feel like they lost their ground in what they were trying to do with particular parts of the movie and specific scenes. So, um, yeah, just very not... It didn't come together the way that I think they wanted it to, and that really showed especially towards, like, the very last half of that movie.
0: I forgot about that (laughs) B-Venom scene. What the fuck was that? Right, Yeah. He goes, oh, this guy says he's allergic to bees like I am. Let's find out. Who the fuck is going to lie about something like allergic to bees? Like, especially out of nowhere. Who's going to walk up to essentially a stranger and go, I'm allergic to bees. Are you like, no, he's saying that because he obviously knows it. Like there was never any doubt that Will Smith's character was allergic to bees. Just based on the way he said it, like, come the fuck on. Yeah. And like, why was that the trust test? Like, Hey, if this guy, of
1: all things, right. if this
0: guy really meant he's allergic to bees and he is. Seems like a trustworthy fella, if you ask me. What the fuck kind of, like, litmus test is that for trustworthiness? (laughs) Not lying about allergies.
1: Especially after he just, like, read him inside out, like, not too long before that. Yeah, that
0: was weird. He's like, the rest of that stuff is coincidence. But that bee allergy thing... That's super (laughs) rare. I bet he's not even allergic to it. I'm pretty sure I'm the only person in the world allergic to bees. He's a liar. What the fuck was that? And also, (laughs) if you're genetically engineering a fucking soldier with all this other shit, can't you get rid of the bee allergy? Like, I'm really surprised that that's not how they killed uh, Will Smith Jr. Jr. at the end. Was with a bee venom or something? Like, if they tried shooting him with everything and he just wasn't going down, and Will Smith Jr. just goes, all I've got left is another bee dart. I hope this works, bee dart. And then they pull (laughs) off his mask and they go, fuck, he's allergic to bees too, because he's Will Smith Jr. Jr. Oh. Like, (laughs) that seems like the logical step for this movie to take, because... Nothing else fucking mattered in this movie. So why not go out with that? <laughs> right. At least it would have given relevance to the yeah. B-Dart scene <laughs> that we had just seen. Because other than that, it's <laughs> just utterly ridiculous. Like, I don't know. You might as well have just shot him and gone. <laughs> well, fuck, he's allergic to bullets too. Damn. Like, come the fuck <laughs> on. What is that shit?
1: Did anyone else kind of call that that um, masked character was going to be another will smith yeah. there was zero know, doubt it, ever yeah. that
0: that's what it yeah. was
1: <laughs> i know right yeah. there was no yeah. mystery to that at all yeah
0: no the only mystery was like Justin said is why the fuck did it take that long to yeah. release that soldier like come the if fuck if you had on. a better
2: fighter and he was fighting <laughs> right. both right. of them so essentially what? you had a soldier who was more emotional emotionless like you wanted And he was a better fighter because it took a lot. He took almost took both of them on at the same time, which is more than what we had seen them do separately. And this one took them on together. So if he's that great and he was closer to this prototype that you were trying to achieve, if you're Clive Owen, why not send him out? Like, what sense did that make at all? Well,
0: and on top of that, that's something else that this movie, like, that movies need to quit doing with the whole, like, oh, they don't feel pain thing. Like, there's a very big trope in movies when they want to have a character not feel pain. They're like an ultimate type of soldier type of situation. You don't realize all the other effects that come into somebody's life when they don't feel pain. Like, those people that really do have that condition, like, they have to constantly be around other people, because sometimes they'll get cut or break a bone or just simply have a fucking fever and they can't feel it. So their lives are constantly in danger. Like people that have that condition like have to get their temperature checked like multiple times a day to make sure they're not running a fever because they have no way of knowing they are. You know, they could be running like a 106 degree fever and be dizzy and all that other shit, but not know why because they don't feel the fever itself. Like there are cases of them like, breaking a bone or like stepping on shit and like cutting the fuck out of their foot. And they're still walking on it. Cause they don't know that they're hurt. Like you legitimately, like anytime something happens to that type of person, you have to legitimately check them for all kinds of injuries because you have no way of knowing what kind of damage might happen because they can't tell you, you know, you can't even do something like as innocuous as something like ice skating. Um, because like you could fall, They could, like, you know, break a rib or something and, like, puncture a lung and they don't even realize that they're hurt they might realize that it's hard to breathe but that's it like little things like that it's fucking insane what people in it with that condition have to go through but every time you see them in a movie they're always some fucking elite warrior type of person they did it in James Bond in the Pierce Brosnan years too there was that guy that didn't like removed all his nerve endings so he wouldn't feel anything and all this other shit so he was like oh no he's a badass fighter like no that's bad like Yes, as a fighter, it does give you slight advantages because like you saw with this guy, he's getting shot and all this other stuff and he keeps going, which is good for a fighter. But at the same time, ultimately it also can be a downfall because like you're getting shot a few times and you're bleeding out and you don't even feel any pain. So, all you're doing is doing stuff that makes your heart beat faster, which makes you bleed out faster, which ultimately means you're just going to die faster. Like, there's so many things that are wrapped around uh, that whole not feeling pain thing. And, of course, in this movie, just like every other fucking movie that does this, like, oh, you know, like you said, Justin, he was able to take on both of them because he wasn't able to feel bullets, you know. Um, the, the logic is also that he can hit harder cause it's not going to hurt him. Um, he can push his body further because he's not going to feel his body reacting in a negative way. He can push himself harder because most people, you know, they'll stop lifting weights or they'll stop running or something because they physically are in pain from it. He won't have that. So he can push further, you know? So that's the whole logic behind him being able to take everybody on. But it felt like a lame version of a fucking Final Fantasy game where it's like, oh, this is the ultimate, yeah, ultimate form of this like. final boss. <laughs> like, like, motherfucker, just be that then. Like, come on. Like, why do you need, like, nine ultimate forms? Just fucking do the job. Especially, like, when Clive Owen's point at the beginning of the movie was, like, oh, the DIA doesn't need to fucking do this because they can't just get the job done. Man, Clive Owen didn't even follow exactly. his own advice by sending out yeah. the fucking ultimate assassin until the end. Like, right, dude, just follow your own advice. Just get the job done real quick. They could have had Silver Snake guys, <laughs> which... Also, what kind of ninja disguise is that? He's so fucking visible. That is not tactical at all. He's just so visible. He was (laughs) as visible as fuck. And also, what the fuck was the deal with Will Smith Jr. eating that ice cream during that one scene?
1: Yeah, I don't know what that was about. It just bothered me. Was it to just prove more that he's, like, very immature, like, not really, you know, evolved enough yet in what he knows? Like, was it supposed to prove that point more? I honestly didn't know what that
0: was about. I thought it was to kind of weirdly show off how good they were doing with the de-aging for those scenes.
1: (laughs) I actually thought about that too.
0: Yeah. But then it just wasn't that impressive because it just was dumb. Like it just, you're like, Oh, you can make an old person look like a young person (laughs) eating ice cream. Whoopity fucking do like who really gives a fuck about it? it. just was so distracting every time that they're like him and Clive Owen were talking about something. And I'm just like, he is tongue fucking the fuck out of that ice cream cone. It's not even sexy. It's not even like a sexy Will Smith tongue fuck. It's just a boring, awkward tongue fuck. I mean, let's be real, guys. I'm pretty sure Will Smith can eat some sexy ice cream, or like look sexy eating some ice cream. One hundred percent. Not like that. Yeah. Nope. He just <laughs> he looked like me doing it because I'm a mess when I eat fucking ice cream. I've got <laughs> a rather big mustache. Okay. I it isn't physically impossible for me to eat ice cream with not without it being all over my fucking face. Like this might be a little graphic, but I'm gonna say it anyway. If I eat vanilla ice cream, it looks like I just got splooched all over my face. It looks like a money shot from a porn if I eat vanilla ice cream. (laughs) Oh, man and i look more attractive eating ice cream than that fucking scene like it just was so fucking dumb and i'm like and on top of that i'm like couldn't get your boy a fucking proper like waffle cone like this is a multi-billion dollar business that obviously has a lot of money and technology and they got those shitty ass cones (laughs) can't get a proper waffle cone out there the fuck are they doing with that money spending it on weird paintball guns like also i feel like they wasted a moment in that scene Like, I wanted them to show us something really awesome with the clone in that scene. Like, I wanted them to do that whole thing like where like it took the whole team to do all that stuff to like that whole scenario and i wanted them like to go no guys you need to do it like this and just send the will smith clone out there to do the same exercise and just do it faster and better than that whole team did that's what i wanted in that scene i wanted something truly showing how amazing he was because honestly up until that point i just saw some fake ass shit like oh he uses a motorcycle in an intriguing and battleistic way okay who gives a fuck? Like, show me he's actually a soldier. Like, show me some of that shit. Because until that point, they really didn't do anything. You know, he just, up until that point, his only skills were Will Smith not shooting him in the head while he's on a roof and shooting a grenade and fighting with a motorcycle. That is all the skills I knew he had at that point. And I'm sorry, I don't feel like that's clone worthy at that point. Like, show this clone take on something an entire team did, but better. Like, show me that scene that would have made it interest like infinitely more interesting at that point cuz then you'd be like oh fuck this clone is the real shit not the i'm getting a one up on will smith because this guy is confused cuz i look like him and i'm too stupid to realize this looks like an old me like what the fuck was that how at no point during that fucking fight when they're like 2 feet away from each other did young like did, did will smith junior not go fuck that guy looks like an old version of me Like, why wasn't that a thing?
2: No, you make such a good point about that because, like you said, they tried to make him seem like young Will Smith Jr., that he had these amazing skills. But you're right. Like, right at the beginning of the movie, old Will Smith could have just killed them. So already, we are admitting just right at the beginning of the movie that old Will Smith is superior, like right there you just kind of admitted that he was superior and that's what i mean by just such a wildly inconsistent story and just people don't think when they write these stories a perfect example of something that i can think of that is that is just the opposite of that was what happened the first time captain america threw his shield at the winter soldier he caught that motherfucker and he threw it back at him and cap caught it and went holy fuck this motherfucker is raw as shit and it set the tone for the whole winter soldier movie because no we hadn't seen anybody else do that he caught that motherfucker and threw it back at cap like nope that is not gonna work today and we knew then that this is somebody who could get with captain america But when you do shit like that in the Gemini movie, he should have tried to shoot him and that motherfucker should have dodged it or he should have shot him like he should have shot a bullet at him before he could even ready his gun and aim it. And Will Smith been like, oh, fuck, you know, he might be faster than me or just as fast. Why didn't they do that? why why automatically make us think that Will Smith could have killed him so like you like you said that that was just that just wasn't a good idea. And you're right. This movie so needed a montage of Will Smith Jr. doing awesome shit or going through some cool ass training or beating up 20 people in an enclosed area and Clive Owen going, well, what happened? You did it in four minutes and 30 seconds last time, but it took you five and a half minutes to do it this time. Let's run the drill again. There should have been something like that, you know?
0: Well, and on top of that, Justin, not only did the Winter Soldier ca- catch it, he caught it with one arm too, with one hand.
2: Exactly. Set the tone for that en- entire film.
0: But all right, look at let's let's go with another Marvel reference here. Captain America in Endgame when old Cap fights. Well, it's not even old Cap when it's just slightly older Cap fights young Cap. Younger Cap is more of a match for him because he is technically older, even though he's you know he's not really he's really not older but you know what i mean um but he's been through some more shit and all this other stuff but what does old cap do he outsmarts him Outsmarts because him because he yeah. knows how to fuck with young cap
2: exactly and that's why at he. at what able point to beat him? yeah
0: at this point like they both seemed fairly physically matched um which seemed weird to me i understand at the beginning will smith senior was getting his ass beat but that was more because he was confused not because he was overmatched he was confused because he's like this guy looks like me so and then when they fight later it just seems like they're more or less on par with each other like yeah young will smith kind of gets you know the the head up on him but it doesn't feel like it was like dominative like it should have been young will smith should have just been able to beat his ass will smith senior should have been able to outsmart him though and he kind of does at times like with the whole trap and stuff like that they kind of do but i'm talking about while they're battling like tactically outsmart him because he's seen infinitely more shit than he has exactly he's got like 30 years of doing this shit over him why can't he tactically in a fight outsmart him not kind of in the pre-fight warm-ups you know like there's all those little things that they kind of show little bits of but never really like that would have been what would have been interesting it's that whole you know somebody who's physically superior versus somebody that just legitimately knows more shit about it that's an interesting fight but when it comes down to it none of that really plays out at any point in the movie it just almost does it almost does and then doesn't and i mean it it's just disappointing because those are all things you expect from an Ang Lee movie yeah. You expect this emotional and narrative depthness. I mean, before Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon, I can't remember a martial arts film that was legitimately equal parts visually beautiful, uh fight choreography beautiful, and like narratively beautiful as that was. It balanced everything. And I think set the standard for like martial arts movies for years. Yeah. And Brokeback Mountain did the same thing. Uh, Life of Pi did the same thing. He's so good at balancing and giving you these spectacular visuals and these emotionally complex narratives that are deep and make you question things. And this movie that is just full of opportunity to do all those things just just does none of them. And it just commits the biggest movie sin of all, and it's just boring as fuck while it does it. Like, it's not even offensively bad. Like, it just, it's the living embodiment of boring and doesn't live up to its potential like that's all this movie is is just a slacker in high school that gets by by getting 80s on shit you know doesn't do their homework but they're really good at tests because they know the shit they don't apply themselves that's kind of what this movie is and i know what that looks like very well because that was me in high school so let's move the fuck on unless you do you guys have anything else to say i shouldn't have just moved on you guys might have more to say. I'm good. Yeah,
1: I think you pretty much covered it.
0: All right, recommendations and score. Heather, go.
1: Um, let's see. My score for this and you guys will probably think it's crazy. I assume I'm going to have the highest one. <laughs> um, I'll I'll give this like a 60 face-off of Will Smith's crying to each other (laughs) out of a hundred. So I'll give it like a 60. And I'll say that just because of the fact that I, I wasn't, it wasn't one of those, um, you know, no offense or anything, but it wasn't one of those ad Astra movies where I feel like I was about to fall asleep during it. It was for me, the way that they paced it and just kind of what they tried to do with the story kept me intrigued enough to keep me interested in like knowing what was gonna happen to the very end of it. So for that aspect I did appreciate that because I do feel like lately a lot of movies haven't necessarily done that for me. So I do appreciate that aspect of it and if I'm being honest, like I really kind of feel like Will Smith almost can do no wrong. <laughs> like I feel like he can almost do any type of movie and just kind of shine in it. And it is also interesting. I will say this to Sterling because you you mentioned a lot of the supporting characters in this movie and how it, it sounded to me more like you thought that they outshined Will Smith almost because you you said that they were fantastic and then you said Will Smith was just good. So I think that's an interesting. But I don't, I don't necessarily disagree because I'm not going to say that it's his best movie, but I do think like, if you're, if you're going to watch like any actor play two versions of himself in one movie, I don't really know if there's anyone else I'd want to see try to do that. If it's not Will Smith, um, kind of the same thing with I am legend, like where it's like, if you're going to watch just pretty much one person on screen for the whole movie Will Smith's going to be the person you want to watch. So I, I still think that's true, even if this movie was a little bit of a disaster in how all over the place it was, um, with what, what they wanted to put into the movie. So I, it's hard to say that I would necessarily recommend this because I'm not, I don't want to recommend it saying like it's a great movie. Everyone should watch it. I think that, um, the performance of Will Smith and the Mary Elizabeth Winstead is, good enough to keep somebody interested in it, but I don't think that this is going to be a movie that anybody's really going to remember genuinely probably in a year. They're going to be like, oh yeah, that movie came out. I forgot about that movie. And I hate to say that, like that's no offense to anybody's ability to perform well in this movie, but just the overall tone or the overall like way that this movie was made, it's going to be one of those that is unfortunately going to be easily forgettable, especially in light of some other movies, especially action movies that have come out this year. Um, I would say... Watch it if you feel like you want to watch it, but don't if you don't. Like, if you don't watch it, it's not like you're missing out on one of the greatest masterpieces. So,
0: Justin, your turn. Go.
2: Okay. Do I recommend? Well, uh, you know, despite the way um, everybody um, uh, hearing all of us talk and everything like that, one thing that should be pointed out is that the fan score for this, this seems to be – Getting over with fans like I believe that on even if you just go to something like Tomatoes and you look at the fan reception, it's in the mid 80s. So, I mean, so if that tells you anything that there are people who are liking this movie. So uh, do I recommend this Uh, with some conditions? If you are a fan of Will Smith, then, of course, you're going to like seeing him on screen. Uh, Of course, you're going to find his character likable. Of course, you're going to be intrigued by the fact that he gets to play a younger version of himself. And that's something that he hasn't done. And it's kind of one of those. Well, I want to see kind of how Will Smith tackles this thing. There are solid performances in this and they do oftentimes mask just the myriad of problems that exist with the movie. So I think that if some people go into this and they're just looking for some escapist, just kind of mindless fun, this is just kind of one of those movies that you see Will Smith as the lead actor. It kind of looks like a fun plot. You see action scenes and explosions and you're like, yeah, I'll go check it out. Um, I just think, and that's kind of what this is. It's like, there's some initial flash, but the more you dive deep and the more you cut through it, there's just very little substance here. But a lot of movies fit that bill. You know, there are a lot of movies that lack that, but it's the flash that gets people in the door and it's certain actors. They like that will allow them to sit through the movie. So if that's you, if you're following Will Smith and you just like Will Smith and and, and you're one of those people kind of like what Heather said, you don't think he can do any wrong or you just, every Will Smith movie, you like it. No matter what the content is, you just want to see your favorite actor. Yeah, go, go see it. You will probably enjoy this film, you know, based on what I'm seeing from the fan reception. Me personally, though, and some of the friends that I know, and things like that, I would just say, wait, you know, the, the, this could easily be a red box or wait till it comes out on Netflix and everything like that. And I think that to said, the key thing, this is just, th- this is forgettable, man. This is just one of those movies that comes out during that time between, uh, y- you know, uh, right after the summer, heading into the winter. This is just one of those, like really just, forgettable movies. Um, I really think that this is just one of those fall releases that just kind of falls by the wayside and that's kind of what it is like None of the action you'll really remember, it'll stand out to you. The plot isn't really good enough to 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 warrant you remembering it long enough to buy it once it's released and things like that. I just don't know if, and, and Will Smith, though he delivers and does a good performance, it's not one of his better ones. It's not a great performance from him. It's not a memorable performance from him so then ultimately what are you left with so so my friends I probably wouldn't recommend it so yeah that's the best recommendation you're going to get from me with just those few conditions I named uh, as far as a score I'm going to go with um let's go with 45 yeah we'll do that 45 um Will Smith's clones <laughs> along with Clavo and clones and Will Smith Jr. Jr. clones all shooting each other in the head out of 100.
0: For me, uh, if you haven't seen it yet, don't bother. In The theaters especially, don't bother. Uh, wait till it's on something you're already paying for. Uh, I feel like this movie will end up on like a channel like FX at some point. And maybe those commercial breaks will break up the monotony and blandness of this fucking movie. Uh, just yeah, watch it when it's on something you already pay for, if you want, you know. If you like somebody in the movie, watch it then. Don't fucking bother in the theaters. It really is a waste of your time and money in that instance. Uh, That's really all I've got to say about this. Uh, as far as the score goes, I will give it 25. I wish they'd shot me with a bee dart out of 100. <laughs> yeah. Mainly because uh, I might be allergic to bees. I don't know. My mom is. But I've never been stung by bees. So I don't know if I am. So might as well play Russian roulette with my life uh, instead of watching this. Um. <laughs> And the reason why I give it that score is because I think anything over 50% at least is watchable. Um, because that means you liked it more than you didn't. And it's not like I didn't like this more than I liked it. It's just it's so bland that it just really has to be right in the middle of bad, which is just 25% for me. And that's really all I have to say. Anything else, guys?
1: Oh, I think I'm good.
0: Good. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to this episode. Check us out on the internet, CinemaSlayers.com. Check us out on Facebook, CinemaSlayers Podcast. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Cinema underscore Slayers. Check us out in Summit at Archers. Wait, no, I'm sorry. Lawlers on Archer. Almost fucked that up. On December 4th at... 8 50 p.m. When we are doing our first live show ever, we are super excited about that. We will post more flyers, and uh, you should also check out other dates of the Southside Podfest, which is we are doing the last night of. We are the second to last podcast performing at the uh, Southside Podfest on their last night. So that is super exciting for us. Um, we'll, like I said, be posting dates. We'll be posting flyers for all four nights because it's three nights in November and one night in December all on Wednesdays. So we'll post all those up. I suggest going to all of them because it's free. Uh, But if you can't, at least go to one of them. And if you can only go to one, definitely go to ours because what else matters? (laughs) All these podcasts do because one, I do also produce uh, the Happy Corner podcast. Uh, They are doing The November 27th night, which is the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, which is also known as Blackout Wednesday, they are doing their Southside Podfest uh, performance that night, so I'm also super excited about that. but we will have more details about that. They just sent me a huge uh, media bundle um, with all kinds of flyers or you know, and stuff to put up on, on social media and stuff like that. So you will definitely see a lot of that coming your way because we are just super stoked because that will be one of the first episodes we ever actually record together. Because if you haven't noticed... We do this all via the internet and remotely, so we're excited about it. We will also be doing another podcast for the movie Knives Out. Uh, we will record that all live together because we're so excited. So check all that out. We'll keep you guys posted. Uh, the live episode will be also be coming out on the feed, so don't worry if you can't come. You still will be able to hear it, but if you can, we definitely love to see you there. Uh, we do have new merch uh, so that is threadless.cinemaslayers.com or cinemaslayers.threadless.com. I don't remember. It's one of those two. But if you go to cinemaslayers.com and you look up in the right-hand corner, you will see a little tab that says Merch. Click that box, and it will take you right to our store. Uh, it's with the new updated logo. It's super cool, super awesome, super quality stuff. Pretty cheap, too. We like it. Uh, so check that out if you want to get anything like water bottles or stickers or um, a big tapestry if you just want a big Cinema Slayers logo hanging up in your living room somewhere. I think that would be cool. Uh, So check all that out, guys. And remember, just like Ang Lee has been nominated for Academy Awards, according to Jastin, Moon Knight is a Best Picture winner. My cat wasn't ready for this to end because he made it very difficult for me to hit that button. (laughs)